Welcome to Safer Dividend Investing. My name is Ian Duncan McDonald. I'm the author of several investment books. Tonight, what we're going to review is chapter one of my book, Income and Wealth from Self-Directed Investing. It came out in 2019 and was my first investment. It can be purchased from Amazon.com. Just go in, enter my name, Ian Duncan McDonald, and all my books will come up and you'll see Income and Wealth from Self-Directed Investing. Chapter 1. Greed and Ignorance. Invest for security and for freedom of reliable passive income. Despite the honeyed words of investment advisors, keep total control of your investments. It is critical that you know what you are investing in, why you are investing in it, and what each investment transaction is costing you. If you don't, your dream of financial freedom may remain just a dream. Unfortunately, it is not the inclination of investment advisors to enlighten you about your investments. They want you to accept the plans they have for your money without questioning them. This book describes a method of investing that can provide you with a safe, reliable dividend income equal to at least 6% of the value of the 20 stocks that you will choose for your stock portfolio. A portfolio that will grow year after year with ever-increasing dividend payouts. Fears of outliving your money, having inflation ravage your portfolio, or suffering from a stock market crash will cease to be a concern. My method of investing comes from the 40 years I spent as a senior executive in the commercial risk information industry. In 1991, Several clients requested that I analyze 2 million business records and create a risk score that would sort businesses from highest to lowest credit risk. These clients were manufacturers, wholesalers, banks, insurance companies. I created this scoring system at a time it was not known if this was possible. It is still being used daily by thousands of corporations. A major bank that thoroughly tested it declared that it was amazingly predictive in predicting commercial failures. Upon my employer being sold in 1996 to a much larger corporation, I received a large settlement in lieu of a pension. I knew nothing about investing. Control of the money was given to an investment advisor. By 2000, This money had lost half its value. Taking back control of my portfolio, I created a stock scoring matrix. I soon recognized that investment decisions were a little different than the business risk decisions my commercial credit scoring system had solved. With little effort, this stock scoring system guides me in the selection and management of my stock portfolio. That portfolio has grown by more than 300% since the year 2000. Its ever-growing dividends provides me with an income greater than when I was a vice president 
in a large international corporation. Initially, I wrote this book thinking that those with thousands or even millions of dollars to invest would benefit most from it. However, I have since come to the realization that those who are $200 away from insolvency could also benefit. I can identify with those who live paycheck to paycheck. When I was 24, after a car accident, I needed to borrow $100 at a high interest rate from a finance company to pay my insurance deductible. Unpredicted expenses do occur. Financial independence would never have crossed my mind at that age. This book would have opened my eyes to the benefit and importance of investing. Some of you may want to share the book with your children. When I was 24, I was oblivious to the reality that I was skirting on the edge of insolvency. It was only the new need of providing for a wife and child that drove me to making a career change that I hoped would bring in more income and security. Much to my surprise, I was success in my new job. I doubled my income in a year. It released my ambition. What I learned was, if you stuck in a financial rut, to gain wealth, you must make changes that are outside your comfort zone. A concern for my wife and my children's ability to manage the stock portfolio that they will inherit was also a major motivator in writing this book. I can no longer claim to be a middle-aged, I'm now old. A sense of responsibility requires preparing for all possible predicted and unpredicted events. I wanted to warn them of the investment sharks who always come to feed on naive investors, just like they came to feed on me. The greed of these sharks forced me to learn how to build and manage a self-directed investment portfolio that would provide me with a safe, passive income. This book will accomplish two things. It will negate any fears of being destined to outlive your money and be left to live your final years in abject poverty. It will give you the confidence to make your own investment decisions for the greatest, safest returns. Perhaps my children may squander their inheritance. However, let it never be said that I did not try to prepare them for surviving in an investment jungle that feeds on the innocent, the trusting, and the ignorant. If they follow the methods laid out in this book, their inheritance will be safe, their portfolios will grow, and they too will live as comfortably as I have. Upon hearing that my next book was going to be about investing, several investors approached me. They told me how stressed they were with their investments. They really did not understand whether their investments were good or bad. Their portfolios were shrinking. When their advisors were questioned, the advisors responded with jargon and a condescending attitude. They were made to feel stupid, intimidated, and unsure about the safety of their investments. I was urged to finish this book quickly so they could see a safe path for their investments. What these investors were seeking was someone who would answer their basic questions about investing, not the way an investment advisor does, but how a friend would. A friend who was bluntly honest had nothing to gain from their investments. Someone who had learned to invest successfully and would patiently explain in detail 
how he went about it. They told me they wanted to understand what they should invest in, why they should invest in it, where to find these investments, how to acquire them, and how to monitor them. I am that friend. I'm not an investment advisor. I do not have a long list of impressive investment credentials on my business card. All I have is my investment experience and decades of in-depth business knowledge gained designing systems that predicted the success or failure of millions of businesses. In Chapter 13, you'll find a list of 654 companies traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange, forwarded, sorted from best to worst by my IDM score. All those buying this book can request a free copy of a computer program for the personal computer to instantly score the stock of any company traded on a stock exchange. The matrix that was used to develop that program is available in Chapter 12 for those who wish to count their scores manually. These 654 stocks met my method's first criteria, which was paying an annual dividend of at least 3.5% of their stock price. From these 654 that you would pick, the 20 best stocks to give you that reliable passive income in an ever-growing portfolio. In Chapter 6, you will learn how I found the 20 stocks that went into the list of the 654. In Chapter 9, you'll see how easy it is to buy the stocks you have chosen for your portfolio. You do not need to be a mathematical genius to invest well, nor do you need to spend more than five minutes a day monitoring your portfolio. You do need to have the self-discipline to avoid impulsive, unresearched investment decisions and to stick with the decisions your careful analysis has revealed. Patience is important. Stock prices never move in a straight line. The price of good stocks do improve over time, but they do it slowly. No one can accurately predict the future. You cannot guarantee anyone's future financial success. What I guarantee is that you will understand why you chose to invest in the common shares of publicly traded companies and why that company is most likely to increase in price and pay you a good dividend. For tax reasons and to avoid foreign exchange complications, I invest in Canadian companies. However, anyone in any country who wants to buy shares in good companies traded on their local stock exchange can benefit from reading this book. Online self-directed investment services are available around the world. To use self-directed investment services of a Canadian bank, I had understood that you must be a resident in Canada. This may no longer be true. I read a Toronto Dominion Bank advertisement in Bermuda's Royal Gazette newspaper offering access to self-directed investment services in U.S. and Canadian stocks. I do not recommend the investment services of one bank over another. They strive to match each other's services. I'm sure many offer a satisfactory self-directed investment service. My self-directed investment method is far 
away from speculative investing as you can get. It is not a get-rich-quick scheme that would excite speculators. Thus, I found it interesting that one of my friends wanted to give this book to his manicurist. He is a true investment speculator who has no hesitation in buying a 17-cent stock at a million shares of a non-profitable stock because it has potential for greatness. His manicurist had asked for investment advice. Her idea of investing had been to buy diamond jewelry. He told her to follow my methods rather than his speculative wagers. Even he recognized that there is a safe way to invest. To him, it has always been an exciting game. To me, it is serious business. Your future happiness is contingent upon the informed decisions you make for your investment portfolio. Another woman, let us call her Miss Innocence, sought my help. She was frightened that her future financial health was in jeopardy. Answering her questions and concerns proved to me that my method of investing could work for anyone, no matter how old they were or how little they knew about investing. I had met her when I was involved in a grassroots organization fighting to stop a billion-dollar development. Miss Innocence was one of the volunteers who assisted me in this battle. She was a resident of a senior's apartment building. Although coy, coy about her age, she let slip she was older than I was. English was not her first language, but she wrote and spoke it extremely well. Despite the many challenges she had faced in her life, she had not only survived, but flourished. Four years earlier, she had sold a successful business. This sale had left her with a very impressive sum to invest. While working together on the project, we got to talking about investing. I mentioned the investment book I was writing. Despite her business experience, she said that her knowledge of investing had been restricted to bank savings accounts and government bonds. An investment advisor was managing her wealth. It was her sole source of income. A shrinking investment portfolio had left her with the fear that she would outlive her investments and become penniless. It had already lost several hundred thousand dollars. A dream of passing an inheritance onto her children and grandchildren seemed to be in jeopardy. While her investment advisor had managed her portfolio for 20 years, it was only upon retiring that she told them that she now wished to withdraw a modest income of $3,500 from her portfolio each month. The investment advisor had assured her that such an amount would present no problem lasting her lifetime. Miss Innocence asked me if it was normal for an investment portfolio to shrink every year and whether her modest income would continue if she lived to be in her 90s. After looking at her monthly statements, I was surprised by telling her that I saw no reason a large portfolio should shrink and if it were my portfolio, I would be withdrawing double what she was withdrawing. I asked her why the investment advisor had put most of her money into low-interest bonds, preferred shares, and mutual funds. She said she did not know and had never paid much attention to what he was doing with her money. All she had ever looked at was the total amount in her portfolio. Her only concern 
been receiving that $3,500 every month. She said that she would now look more closely at her portfolio. A few days later, she reported that the investment advisor's annual fee of 1% of her portfolio's value was on closer inspection, almost 2%. She had not realized that she was paying additional transaction fees every month. Her investment advisor was putting through more investment transaction in a month than I would probably put through in 10 years. These transactions were generating thousands of dollars annually for the bank and the investment advisor. In Chapter 4, an extract from a bank's full service contract appears. It describes all the fees that a client agrees to when they sign a full service agreement. The original is written in the smallest font and displayed in such a compressed format that it is almost impossible to read. Could it be that they really do not want you to read it? Miss Innocence, who had been living frugally, felt like a fool for not having looked more closely at how her portfolio was being administered. I told her that I had had similar experience and had caused me to sever the relationship with my investment advisor and open a self-directed investment account in 2000. My huge financial loss at that time motivated me to learn how to safely select stocks that would give me a safe income and increase my portfolio's value year after year. Miss Innocence pleaded with me to help her with her portfolio. Since she had bravely assisted me in my lobbying efforts, I felt obliged to help her. Thus began the education of Miss Innocence. I quickly realized her knowledge of investing was very limited. Despite her business background, she understood little about finance. It made me realize that there are many like her who need to be shown how to protect and grow their money. If my method of investing could remove this innocent fear of manage her own money, then I knew I could help thousands. Many of her questions were so basic that I would never have thought of addressing them. She made this a better book by giving me an insight into who needed investment help. It was greater than those I had first considered, such as those receiving a large inheritance, winning lottery, signing multi-million dollar contracts, or accepting large legal settlements. Miss Innocence told me there were many widows in her senior's apartment building who, from a lifetime of savings and sale of their homes, had a net worth of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Most of these women had only an elementary education. Unable to comprehend the bank's investment advice, their pride, their pride prevented them from revealing their ignorance. Self-directed websites assume a level of investment knowledge that many thousands of potential investors do not have. While the banks may write sophisticated instructional material in a scholarly manner, they fail to provide the easy to understand and basic investment information that thousands of unsophisticated investors could use. Miss Innocence revealed how many of these widows had never written a check and forced to do so after their husbands had died. Their husbands had done them no favor in taking care of all the family's financial affairs. Suspicious 
of anyone prying into their financial affairs and being exposed to confusing investment options, these women parked their wealth in savings accounts. Here it was being depleted by their living expenses and by inflation. Over the last 25 years, while inflation has been running at an average of 1.83%, the major Canadian banks are paying as little as 0.05% in savings accounts. These widows really do face the possibility of outliving their savings. After four months of answering Miss Innocent's questions, she sent me an email in which she stated, In the last day or so, I realized that the stress I lived with is slowly dissipating and my face is relaxing. It is almost impossible to actually believe that I can feel safe, that I can trust my own judgment, though, in all fairness, you did help even with that. The decisions were mine, of course, but I had to discern learning all the time why I took a specific stock and invested in it. I am one of possibly millions of people who are discovering the self-directed investment as the alternative to using a private financial advisor. And most of us had not been directly involved in managing our money. I might not have been as unusual or naive and I let him manage my investments because at that particular point in those years, he knew far more than I did. A lot of us ignorant people have jobs or are busy with their lives and it's easier to have an advisor who will manage your savings. So when you then discover the alternative and learn about self-directed investing, you're not only learning the strategies or lessons, you're not only learning about stocks and dividends, but you're entering a totally different way of life. Over the four months, Miss Innocent's questions were of a proud, intelligent woman. Questions she had not been, she had been too intimidated to ask her investment advisor. All she wanted was for someone to come down to her level and carefully explain the investment options open to her. Investment advisors seem to prefer that investors be ignorant and intimidated. They discourage questions as to what they are doing with your money. Many seem to be unable to resist manipulating a client's account to their own financial advantage. Too many behave like sharks. You are prey. Buyer beware. The investment industry has conditioned millions to believe that only qualified investment advisors can make intelligent investment choices. That you, with minimal effort, could generate more and safer income than they are now generating for clients is somehow something few investors would think possible. It throws into question what they are there to do for their clients. Investment advisors do not see educating clients on how to invest as their responsibility. If most clients are unable to distinguish between a good investment and a bad investment, that is the client's problem, not the advisor's. The 1 or 2% of their portfolio's value that clients pay their advisors annually seems like such a small amount. Over 20 years, a client could pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to an investment advisor. They continue to pay it whether their portfolio had increased or decreased. This is hundreds of thousands of dollars that could have been provided 
those investors with hundreds of thousands of dollars in dividends if it had been invested instead of enriching investment advisors. I stress with Miss Innocence that the stock market is not a casino. She should not equate investing with gambling. The wealth of our economy increases when its citizens invest in the shares of companies. It creates true value. A public company traded on a stock exchange is like a living organism. It competes, develops new products, builds an infrastructure, and improves the lives of employees, customers, and society. A stock represents ownership in a piece of a company. It gives the investor a claim to a piece of a company's assets and a share in its profits. Miss Innocence pointed out an obvious problem that had not occurred to me. Self-directed investing requires access to a computer and the internet. To self-invest, you need to be comfortable with computers. Fortunately, Miss Innocence was computer literate. You need to do simple things like gaining access to your trading account, finding good stocks, researching stock purchases, and doing your banking. It is the first basic skill you need to acquire for self-directed investing. In addition, you will need to invest a few hundred dollars in a personal computer. Instructions and basic computer skills are available from many sources. I explained to Miss Innocence that her objective was to find the 20 best dividend stocks among the 4,000 stocks traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange. This sounds intimidating, but all the tools to quickly and easily do this are available free of charge. Well, you may now be able to tell between the difference between the stock you want and the stock you should ignore. You soon will. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website www.informus.ca